It's Divas That Care Radio. Stories, strategies, and ideas to inspire positive change. Welcome to Divas That Care, a network of women committed to making our world a better place for everyone. This is a global movement for women, by women, engaged in a collaborative effort to create a better world for future generations. To find out more about the movement, visit divasthatcare.com after the show. Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. Hello to all. Welcome to Divas of Care Network. I am Joyce Benning, and I will be your host for this very invigorating, robust lifestyle show. I want to thank each one of our listeners for tuning in today and the ones that will listen to the recording. We are very grateful for each one of you listeners. And I am just overly excited again today to have my returning diva, Deb Matlock, with me, who returns every first Thursday of the month at 1130 Mountain Time to share her knowledge and wisdom with us. And today, she's going to speak about animal and nature communication. We've been talking about this for a couple months, and it is such a great topic. We're going to add some more to it for our listeners. So, Deb? Could you please just introduce yourself to our listeners today? Absolutely, yes. Thank you so much for having me back on the show. I am I am Deb Matlock, and I live in Colorado, USA, and I am a nature-based spiritual arts guide, and one of my passions in life is the deep connection between people in the natural world, people in the world of animals, and people in the world of spirit. And I have a small business called Wild Rhythms where I do that work through so I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Oh, awesome. So am I, Deb. I am so excited once again. Uh, this animal and nature communication, it, it is such a huge realm of different topics and different things to share with our listeners. What is something that is on your heart today that you would like to start to share about the animal and nature communication about your spiritual guide in what you are doing? You know, something that's really been coming up for me in recent weeks has been that there are so many different ways that we can look at uh, communication and that we can engage in communication and and that we can um, weave that into our lives in in myriad of ways. And so I think it's it's important as we're starting this, and I think we may have touched on this a little bit in a previous episode too, but that, you know, how we each understand communication with the animals in our lives and the natural world around us, that can look very different. It can look different based on our personal experiences, based on our cultural backgrounds and experiences, based on our family experiences. You know, all these things come together. But the communication itself is this very vast topic, this vast topic of interconnection and interaction and existing together. And and so I love thinking of it in, in such a big lens that it, it really opens up uh, a lot of space for how we each might define and identify that for ourselves. Oh, yes. Oh, how beautifully said, yes. So many thoughts were coming to my mind about how we communicate and Everyone does in a different way. I mean, even with the animals or like the clouds in the sky. I was just thinking the other night. It had been some some days you just kind of feel a little more stressed than others. And it was just like I looked up in the sky and it was like 
and it might have been just my imagination, but it was like there was an angel up in the clouds saying, I'm watching over you. It's all okay. And that was such a communication to me from nature that it's all right. It's going to be okay. So the different ways we can communicate is just, it is such a vast realm of different ideas that I I just love it. And another one I had thought about was even with the trees and how they change with each season. If we really think about it, in my thoughts, it's we should not fear change. They don't fear change. They go through it all the time. What are your takes on some things like that? Oh, I just I love what you said about that. Um, we should not fear change. The trees go through it all the time. And, you know, as you're saying that, I was thinking, yes, they go from from buds to beautiful leaves to, to colors, different colors of fall leaves to to no leaves, you know, for a deciduous tree. And and it just happens every year. It happens on a regular cycle, a regular rhythm. And they're communicating through that. They're, they're talking, you know, how well they, they bust out in leaves tells us how much, did they get enough water? Are they healthy enough? You know, are they... Um, are they able to do that? And and the colors of the the fall, and how fast the colors change, and that tells us that that's a way for us to communicate with the natural world. I, I know here in Colorado, our aspen trees, you know, they tell the story of of how warm the fall has been, you know, how quick the freezes are coming in, you know, in it's it's shown in the aspen leaves by how long they stay, the spectrum of colors we get. And so you're right, that's such wisdom. And I think um, looking for signs in, in the natural world, like the, the clouds shaped like an angel that you mentioned or the trees changing, you know, this is a very tangible way for us to be in a deep communicative relationship. It doesn't have to be something where we're always hearing voices or, or seeing images and, and things. It can be that, but it, I think so much more often it's exactly what you're describing. It's It's letting ourselves be open to this, wisdom from the natural world, you know, sharing what can we contribute, what can we what can we learn, you know, how do we how do we interface with each other? And, you know, seeing a cloud in the sky that just at the right time, you know, impacts your heart in just the right way. It's really hard for me to think that that's a coincidence. And why would I think that? You know, I think we've been taught so many of us to think that that doesn't mean anything. But but what if we walk through thinking, well, but what if it what if it does? What if it's exactly what it is 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 a communication, you know, a message? Um, how does our life look different if we if we let that be our our worldview, even just for a day? Um, oh yes, oh I so agree with you because I mean just seeing that in the sky that night, it just it just took on a whole new meaning. And like I said, in the with the trees, it just kind of hit me this morning that. Uh, they're so beautiful and green and vibrant right now because we've had the moistures here. And they're, and in a month or two, they're going to look totally different. And they're, they're not worrying about it. I mean, they don't show signs of stress. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just, just so if you really, like you said, we really have to pay attention and let go of maybe some of the things that, uh, we thought, like seeing in the sky or feeling what the trees are trying to tell us. They they have so much to give to us if we just open up and let it come in, is how I feel. 
Absolutely, and and it opens up such an opportunity for a reciprocity. You know, we can tend, for example, if we have a yard or or a, a park, you know, we can tend the trees, we can care for the land in our communities. You know, we can we can support open space. We can, you know, um, conservation efforts. We can be part of of these things. And in a way of giving back, and, and at the same time, we can be so enriched by, by what you're just talking about. You know, the trees aren't necessarily, you know, that first leaf that turns uh, a fall color, they're not plucking it off in the, in the, in the mirror going, oh, I can't have that, you know, whereas we might see a gray hair and go, oh, my gosh, i got to get that out of my head. You know, what if it's just all good, you know, and it's just part mm-hmm. of that rhythm of life. And, and um, the communication, one of the ways we can do that is, is by looking for those signs and by giving back in whatever ways we can in our communities or in our homes mm-hmm. even, you know, um, it's, it's just such a beautiful reciprocity, so much potential. Yes, yes there, there is just so much potential. Of, of We can all benefit with each other. I mean, we, can, we all breathe the same air, live under the same sky, and we can all learn from one another and help each other be it the trees, be it the animals, we can all benefit by communicating with one another and helping each other out when they need it. If if it's dry weather and we see the flowers or something is needing a drink, it's their sign to us to give them that drink. Is I mean, some people would say, well, yeah, I just got to water my flowers. But no, they're telling you they do need a drink. Oh. Yeah. It, it, Kind of even came to me this morning. I was watering the cattle, which I do all, all the time, and especially more in the summer when it's so warm. But that when the tanks get about half full, you know it's time. They're saying, "Okay, we need these filled up so the baby calves can reach the tanks and get a drink." Oh, they. You can really. I mean, to me, you can really spiritually go in and start to feel what they are kind of thinking in some ways. Do you feel that that's a possibility? Yes, and I think I think that's such a a beautiful place for us to kind of move from. If if we let that be one of our centers, you know, that guides us through our days. Then, you know, do we have that that empathy and we look at the life around us and we we sort of understand, you know, I I see a fly struggling in my dog water bowl on the back porch, and when empathy and my heart are open, I, I, not only do I have, a, I think, a better chance of noticing that and not just rushing by doing whatever I'm doing, but I'm also going to stop and help, you know, and, and it's like it takes two seconds, and it, for that fly, it makes all the difference. And, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just a fly, but, you know, who am I to say that that fly doesn't have a reason and that there isn't some reason why I noticed that fly needing help? You know, there's a lot of flies around here that I don't notice, and they end up in the cat mouth or, you know, the, you know. Uh-huh. Um, but it's like we can give and be empathetic and caring and compassionate, I think, from that place. You know, and that doesn't mean, I mean, life requires life. That's that's one of the existential realities that we all have to face. You know, whether people are vegetarian or not, I mean, life requires life. You know, every every mm-hmm. plant, every animal that's the reality for all of us. And, right. you know, I, I, I was leading a nature hike years ago, and I, one of the little riddles I, I would say to the kids at the beginning of the hike is, um, 
we were talking about predator prey was the topic, and I said, so by the end of this hike, I'm really excited. If somebody can tell me, how is it possible for a blade of grass to eat a mountain lion? Because where I live, we have mountain lions, and, and the kids are like, this lady's lost her mind, you know. And But the truth is, when the mountain lion dies and the body goes back to the soil, then the blades of grass do consume that mountain lion. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. this beautiful, but that doesn't mean that in our process of each day, we can't look with respect and compassion. And I think that that spiritual um, connection that you were talking about and, and, and letting that communication come in so many different ways really opens us up for for being on this earth in a, in, in a way that, that is um, sacred and, and, and deeply honoring of the value of all life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes, definitely, because they each, they each have a purpose here. They, they were created here just like we were. And to me, it's we, like with my animals, like the horses and the dogs and the cats, and the cattle, I mean, I, I my responsibility is to take help take care of them and make sure they have that feed and water in front of them. And to me, it's yeah. a privilege. It's not not something that's a burden. It's a privilege because I get to spend that time with the animals and have that connection with them. And I just I love that. <laughs> it is just yeah. it's a it's a great feeling at the end of the day to be to know you have helped them to live a more fulfilled day is kind of how I I kind of look at it. <laughs> oh, that is so beautiful and and I love the idea of it being a privilege. You know, I think that is um that really hit my heart when you said that. You know, it's like <laughs> our privilege that we have to care for each other to to be in these interspecies relationships and communicating in all the different ways that we do is is such a beautiful part of life. I mean, I, I think often if I, if I didn't have other animals in my life, I, there would just be such a void. It would just mm-hmm. be it would be this emptiness. Not that not that I don't enjoy humans, I do. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but there's there's a quality of life that my dogs and my cats and the birds and the the wildlife and um, you know the the animals that I live near. Um, you know, there's there's cows nearby on open space where I take my dogs and. You know, it's just, it's so precious to see uh, all these other beings. And here we are on this big world and this big universe in this one little place all together right now for that moment. You know, it's just part of that mystery that I don't know that, that I can fully understand, but that I, I, I love I love thinking of it as a privilege. I appreciate that perspective. Oh, well, thank you. And that's that's how I, that's how I feel. I just, I just love it. And even like, we have little barn swallows, and I love barn swallows. I think I've said this before, but the other day I was in the barn, and the little ones were just opening their mouths out of their nest, like, "Okay, mom, we're ready to eat. Where yet?" It was so cute. <laughs> they are just so, they're just so special. And the bur- the barn swallows, they're just, they're all over. And they're just beautiful. I mean, it's nature is just, there's just something about it that really touches your heart when you're out in it and really brings you closer to the true meaning of different things. For me, it definitely is that way. I would agree. And and I also think if if we look at the idea of nature as everywhere, you know, then even if we can't get out 
um, you know, or we're, we're living in a place or we have a certain limitation, at, you know, whether it's physical or um, mental or, you know, pandemic-wise. I, I know a lot of people were different parts of the world were, were basically stuck in their, in their homes and their apartments for mm-hmm. the bulk of, of many months. But the, the natural world is everywhere, and so it's like the fibers in our, in our clothing, the, the sheets, you know, the wood in our furniture, mm-hmm. by all means, the food that we're eating. You know, every, every little packet of oatmeal or something, you know, these, are, these oats came from the earth somewhere in the planet, right? Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. They, they carry with, I think, that, you know, when we, when we allow ourselves to kind of think of it that way, is that we're we're always in this deep connection. We're always in this space where um, we are part of nature, and nature is part of us. And and we can take that that sense of that sacred, you know, that that little packet of quick oats can be a really <laughs> sacred moment if we if we let it. And, you know, I love to sort of imagine, you know, when I'm making a salad, where where all these heads of lettuce grew. You know, some of them I know. Maybe I got them at a local farm stand. Some of them mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but I just love to sort of, in my mind, play around with picturing it. Like, where did you come from? You know, what yeah. was it like? And and who picked you? And, you know, I mean, and now here you are on my dinner table. Um, and and what an honor that is. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, that's beautiful, Deb. I, that is such, takes on a such new meaning even to our food if we really stop and think about it because it is nature. It was grown somewhere. And from there to our table, so oh, that is a great way to put it, especially for like people that are living in town or in a small apartment or something, or even if they have a plant, any kind of a small plant, there's nature growing right there. But that food, that was a great explanation. I love that. (laughs) And you know, it's like every day, if we're fortunate, we have water to drink mm-hmm. and if we don't have water we there aren't very many days that we have left right so mm-hmm. we we need it and yet it's also such an intimate way to take the earth right into us you know the the water the food the air we breathe you know i mean deep connection and i think in in a way it's also deep communication you know it's it's like when my body starts to feel thirsty you know me as a natural being i'm communicating something to myself and then this gift from the earth, this water, comes along and, and takes care of it. You know, and it's, it's like when I think of disconnection from nature, I, can, I have to say it's, it's only perceived because we can't really disconnect. Without air, food, and water, you know, we're not, we're not long for this world. So mm-hmm. it's oh. – and, and I think along those lines, our ability to communicate, to share, like we talked at the beginning, whatever communication might mean. It's as natural as breathing, because we are we are part of this whole amazing earth. Yes, yes, and like I said earlier, we all breathe the same air. And how beautiful yeah. that said with without air, water, we just yeah we we need it. Air, water, and the food, and how it all it's like it's a full circle. We all need each other in different in different ways to make it all a complete circle to make it be a rhythm that keeps it all going. Oh, yes, yeah. that was beautiful. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, well, I love that circle. Yeah, you're totally right. Yes, that's 
that's how I look at it. We're all in it. We're all in a circle together, and it takes each one of us to make it work. We're all like we're holding hands together to bring it all together and make it all happen. And what yeah. a beautiful world it would be if we could all just communicate like that in ways with nature and the animals and see it as a circle that we can all hold hands together and help one another. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yes, I love that. Oh, I can see well, that in my mind. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I can too. I can very easily see that. <laughs> well, what we've kind of talked about nature and the air and we touched on the sky. What are some valuable things you think that we can learn from the animals themselves if we really stop and pay attention to what they're saying, be it they're our small pet or be it a animal we see out as we're driving? What is one or two valuable things you think we can take from them animals to help us live in this circle together? Oh, what a beautiful question. You know, the first thing that comes to mind, I think of, of my dogs, and I think, you know, uh, how very present moment they are. And I know for myself how very hard present moment can be sometimes. I mean, I have a thousand things going on in my mind, you know, a to-do list a mile long, emails coming in, you know, I, present moment sometimes I, I it's easy to miss for me. And... I look at my dogs and I think, you know, they go outside, they lay down in the sun, they're taking a nap, a squirrel runs by, they jump up, they focus on the squirrel, then they go back. And, you know, I don't, I can't pretend to be one of them. I don't know how much they're worried about their elder years or their retirement or, you know, all those things. <laughs> but when I look at their lives, I feel like they they just respond, you know, and they, they also, when they're tired, they sleep. When they're mm-hmm. thirsty, they drink. And these things sound so simple, but when I look at the animals around me, I'm reminded that I have to actually take effort to do that. I have to take effort to say, wow, I am really tired. Is there any way I can make space for a nap today? You know, mm-hmm. or, I'm, I'm really getting hungry here. I have four more meetings. What can I do about the fact that I need to eat? You know, it's, it's just they're so wise in that regard, I think. And, you know, another thing which I, I speculate on is that I feel, again, I don't know for sure, but I feel like the animals also have an easier time understanding life and death and, you know, releasing their physical body when it's time for their spirit to go. And, um, you know, I, I mean, I know that I've seen people and family members and things, you know, grappling and hanging on when their body was so tired you know, and, and has having to sit there and say, it is okay if you if you let it go. And in my work uh, with animals and, and animal communication work and things, it seems like there's a wisdom there that we can learn from. Um, yes. Not that they don't have biological imperative, not that they're not going to fight for their lives if they can, you know, but when those moments come. You know, I've seen rabbits in the talons of, of eagles who just, they know. I feel like, and they just stop fighting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it it puts me in awe, and it humbles me quite a lot to see that. Those are both beautiful, both beautiful valuables to learn from the animals. And I I had written down, too, when I thought about that, I thought living in the present moment. That is probably one of the 
one things I struggle with, and my horses remind me all the time, is live in the moment and enjoy this moment that you have. And um, we're so many of us, and just like what you said, we've got a a to-do list that's 100 miles long, and we think we got to get it all done. And, yeah, if we could just live in the moment and take care of ourselves like they do when they need a drink, they go get it. I love that. That is beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it, and it's so wise, you know. It's it's like, uh-huh. okay, I have a very old kitty right now who's kind of hospice, and, and if she's hungry, she'll come squawk at me. And it doesn't matter if it's breakfast time, lunch time, dinner. She doesn't care what time it is. She's ready to eat. Uh-huh. You know, and uh-huh. she doesn't go, well, I shouldn't be hungry. It's not lunchtime, you know. <laughs> she could care less right. about that. <laughs> we, we need to take we need to take lessons from them, definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I agree with the easier they do, like you said, with the rabbit with the eagle and just I see it with the cattle and just different things. And they do seem to let it go so much easier than what us humans do. And, yeah, that is that is another beautiful aspect of the animals too. They have They have so much to teach us if we just take the time and watch and listen to them. They are... They are incredible. They are so wise. It's, it's sometimes I'm like, oh my word, where'd you get all your wisdom? It's just unbelievable. I agree. And can you share just a tidbit of that with me, please? Because I really, uh-huh. <laughs> like, you have this wildness and this this incredible knowledge, and and I I am envious sometimes. I'll see coyotes and I'll just be like, I'm a little jealous of what you know, and uh-huh. and how you can survive. You know, and I couldn't pull it off. That's for sure. Yeah. I know. Well, that's like these little barn swallows. They amaze me because they're so small, and yet they build such an incredible nest for their little ones. They always find feed to feed them. It it just amazes me at the wisdom that they have to do all of this. I mean, we as people, a lot of carpenters to build homes, they get training for it or have years of experience. And these birds are just building it like, ah, no big deal. <laughs> and they're doing so it with it, their beaks. They don't even have thumbs. I know. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> and we spend hours preparing food, and they're like, yep, they're just go get something and bring it back right away. It's, they amaze me <laughs> yeah. at the wisdom they have. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh. Animals and nature just they have so much to give if we just take the time and live in that present moment and see what is around us is sometimes how I think I'm like, Oh my, how true that is. Let go of all that worry and stress that we seem to keep on us sometimes. So it would be so nice to just take their wisdom and utilize it so much. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and it doesn't even take that much time each day just to be a little bit more aware, you know. Right. Um, it's really just a perception for for us, you know. Um, uh-huh, definitely. You know, we can be cleaning out the garage and, and, and same a task we would be doing and just be doing it a little bit differently with that, that added level of awareness and openness. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, definitely. Well, Deb, this interview has gone so quickly again and just like oh my goodness 
this animal and nature communication, I think we could just talk for hours on it. There is so much or such a big realm of it. It's unbelievable. What are some, what is a final tip you would like to leave with our listeners today about animal and nature communication? You know, I think a fun one for this one would be to to think about what can we learn from the food we're eating. You know, even if we're playing around in the kitchen and just saying to the lettuce, where did you come from, and just letting ourselves be open to what ideas might come to our head, you know, or, or who grew you or, or who picked you, or and just starting to see our ourselves in that holistic way. Um, you know, we, we all have to eat so it's in front of us. And I think when we can have some of that awareness and reverence for what we're eating, you know, that to me is one of the most profound ways we can connect to the world around us and, um, you know, open ourselves up for all of this learning we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. Oh, that is a beautiful tip because that is something everyone can do. No matter where they live or where they're located, they we all eat food so that is that is a beautiful tip i love that deb thank you so much (laughs) oh yeah this was so much fun it's always a pleasure to talk with you oh thank you deb the pleasure is all mine to have you as my guest i always look forward to it i absolutely love it it was great (laughs) and i want to thank deb natlock again for being my guest and listeners please tune in the first Thursday of September at 11.30 Mountain Time to hear some more wisdom and knowledge from Deb Matlock. And be sure to share this podcast with all of your friends and family. And check out all the other Divas That Care, the hosts and their shows on DivasThatCare.com. Remember, have a fantastic day. Be kind to all. Give your animals an extra hug and share your love with them and go out and enjoy nature a little bit. And until we connect again on Robust Lifestyles, stay strong and healthy. Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care. Connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram, and of course on divasthatcare.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss a thing.